You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories, your team, every day. Remember, when you get in your car, just tell your smartphone to play podcast Locked On Saints to make that commute to work or getting back home in traffic much more tolerable. I am your host, Ross Jackson, lead analyst over at All Saints Considered. And as always, I'd like to start every episode off with a big thank you and welcome to to our newest listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been rocking with me for a minute. Whether it's your first time or your next time, I always love hearing from everyone that tunes in, reads, and follows, so know that you can hit me up on Twitter at RossJacksonASC, and of course that ASC stands for AllSaintsConsidered.com, your source for up-to-the-minute Saints news, articles, and podcasts for Saints fans by Saints fans, and I am bringing you a Saturday slash Sunday episode today to make up for my absences this week. I'm very sorry. I have been crazy sick, and you can probably still hear it in my voice a little bit, so I'm sorry about that, but I'm going to try to keep this up and try to keep my energy up here. But in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Saints and Panthers Week 17 matchup and getting you ready with all of the information that you need to let you know what's going on ahead of tomorrow's action. We'll start with what the Saints defense should be on the lookout for. There's sort of an X factor with the uh, Panthers quarterback situation tomorrow and so what the defense should be looking out for there and then we'll talk about Teddy Bridgewater and him getting his first start since the 2015 playoffs and who I think will be the biggest contributor on offense alongside him. Then we'll wrap everything up by talking about who's in and who's out and what to expect from this game all that man a little bit of land yap right here on Locked on Saints your team every day. So let's get started with talking about what the Saints defense should be on the lookout for against the Panthers and a uh, Kyle Allen-led offense. Now, remember Kyle Allen, I talked about him, uh, I think my last episode right after Christmas Day. Uh, He's making his first career start at quarterback uh, this week against the Saints. Cam Newton, of course, is shut down for the season, and Taylor Heineke played in the one game last week and ended up on injured reserve. So now Kyle Allen, who was an undrafted free agent at the beginning of this year, sat on the practice squad for a little bit, and it was sort of activated, if you will, in order to back up Taylor Heineke, is now being charged with leading the team for their final game of the season. So according to his draft analysis, here are some things to know about Kyle Allen. Strong arm, but deep ball accuracy is an issue. Cool under pressure, but can't take a ton of it. Mental side of the game is a little bit of an issue. Defenses get into his head and cause inaccurate passes and turnovers. Lacks ability to drive passes, but places them nicely. All of this sounds to me like a guy who's going to be in love with having an option like Christian McCaffrey on his side of the ball. Saints should be ready for quick dump-offs and screens to uh, Christian McCaffrey, which is nothing new there at all. A heavy dose of the run game, which the Saints played very well against in their Week 15 matchup in Carolina. Carolina. Short and intermediate passes to build Kyle Allen's confidence. That's going to be how they're going to try to get Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore uh, involved. Some quick slants with, with somebody as dangerous as uh, DJ Moore. That could turn into you know big yards, big gains and stuff like that, but easy completions, quick outs, comeback routes, curls, things like that that sort of let him see the numbers of the player before he throws you know, those those kinds of things as opposed to having to throw where he's going to be, just throwing right where they are, just to sort of help build that confidence up. 
and then also keep an eye out for some trickery. Now, we've seen this before. We saw it in the Week 15 matchup. Christian McCaffrey threw a 50-yard touchdown to Chris Manhurts uh, on a fourth and two. Uh, look, who's to say that they won't try something again? It could be something a little bit more simple, like a flea flicker or something like that, but the Saints defense should be ready for some kind of wrinkle that would come through. And I know what you're thinking, Ross. They did that in the last game. They probably wouldn't do that again. But look, they did it twice in New York with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Granted, not against the same team each time, but still, it, it it makes sense that we would see some trickery involved in the game plan, especially Week 17. Not a lot to lose here at all. And so, you know, be creative and then do what you can to win this game. And I think that's what the, the Panthers are going to be looking for. Uh, and then also safe passes to the tight ends. So whether it be rookie tight end Ian Thomas or former St. Chris Manhurts, just some big bodies that Kyle Allen could look for in the middle of the field, which should actually give demario davis an opportunity to affect the game which if you're a saints fan that's exactly what you want to hear that's assuming demario davis plays a ton of snaps uh he might not but still even early on in the game if he gets some snaps in he's going to get the opportunity to sort of affect the game in the middle of the field and we might also see uh, other players that we haven't seen active in a while like manti teo who are going to be looking for those opportunities as well who's coming up on a contract year himself so all of these things though are indicative of a young quarterback he's got a strong arm to so he might take some shots down the field but because he's young he has a propensity to make mistakes and the Saints secondary should take advantage of that and make him pay when he does make those mistakes especially if he tries to make them down the field he's got a strong arm but again lacks deep ball accuracy so a player like Marcus Williams or even Von Bell who's uh, who's sort of gotten a lot better improved in coverage so far this season it will give them opportunities to make some plays remember week 17 last year Marcus Williams had two interceptions so we'll see what happens here and then of course if other safeties get the opportunity to play like Chris Banjo uh, as well then he will get the opportunity to make some plays in that same environment so Dennis Allen is also going to be able to confuse Kyle Allen the battle of the Allens here uh, by using his usual schemes and disguises he's going to show something pre-snap and it's all going to change right after the snap so if the Saints defense can put Kyle Allen in a place where he's you know setting up protections before the snap and then taking the snap and having to readjust while also facing pressure that is going to be a winning formula for the Saints defense against the young quarterback confuse him make him adjust but then don't give him time to do it when he has to. So look for blitzes from all levels, for whether that be linebackers, corners, or safeties. And also just get him off balance early on in the game and then shut down the run game. And then you've got an easy, I don't want to say an easy win, but you have a much easier path to victory that way because then they won't be able to move the ball down the field, which was a big criticism of Kyle Allen throughout his collegiate years, whether it be at Texas A&M or the short time that he played at Houston, was that he didn't really show a propensity to drive his team down the field. That's going to be big for the Saints to be able to take advantage of. So even with backups set to go for New Orleans, uh, it's it's a winnable game. They should be able to improve their win total and then look to go 14-2 and two and get the best record ever in for Saints franchise history it would be a big time win for the Saints. So it might feel like it doesn't mean anything, but there is some sentiment behind this win in terms of setting that new franchise record. And then we'll see who else plays, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit what other records to look out for things like that but coming up next we're going to talk a little bit about Teddy Bridgewater getting his first start and who I think his best friend is going to be on the offensive side of the ball stick around we got that coming right up right here on Locked on Saints your team every day 
Welcome back, Hoodat Nation. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about who's in, who's out, getting you the last piece of information that you need before tomorrow's Week 17 matchup between the Saints and Panthers in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. But first, I want to talk about Teddy Bridgewater getting his first start since 2015's year, or league year at least, uh, and talk about who I think is going to be his best friend out on the field tomorrow during the game. So let's start with a little information on Teddy Bridgewater. First of all, this, again, is the first time that He'll get a start since the 2015 year in which he led the Vikings to an 11 and 5 record, brought them to the playoffs, and they unfortunately lost in the first round of the playoffs 9 to 10 to the Seattle Seahawks, uh, which wasn't entirely his fault. We all know how that went down, but uh, yeah, just the the uh, Minnesota Vikings and their usual terrible, terrible uh, luck in the playoffs. But uh, you know, so in that year, he threw four. Uh, let's see, uh, 292 completions, 3,231 yards, 14 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. Not a stellar year, but did everything that he needed to do to lead a Minnesota Vikings team to the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. He had some help with 14, I'm sorry, with 1,485 rushing yards from Adrian Peterson, who also had 11 touchdowns on the year. But when it comes to his first start here in New Orleans, he's going to have a lot of options around him to be able to take advantage of and to be able to make plays. Now, when he was in Minnesota, his leading receiver was Stephon Diggs, who had 720 receiving yards and four touchdowns. His second best receiving option, though he had more touchdowns, was five touchdowns from uh, Kyle Rudolph, 495 receiving yards there. So he had, you know, his top his top wide receiver and his number one tight end were his two big targets there. Now, in the Saints offense, he's going to have Somebody, at least of the physique, that is comparable to Kyle Rudolph. Of course, Kyle Rudolph is 6'6", about 260-some-odd pounds. He's got Dan Arnold, who is 6'6", 220 pounds, so a little bit smaller in frame. And he's also got uh, Josh Hill, who's 6'6", 6'7", as well. So he's got those guys that have the big, tall, big-built stature that he's going to be able to look for in the middle of the field, kind of the same thing that I mentioned with Kyle Allen. Uh, in the same way, he's also going to have an offense and be playing in a system that's built for him to always have a receiving option out of the backfield on passing plays. Whether it's Alvin Kamara, whether it's Mark Ingram or Dwayne Washington, they are all backs that can catch out of the backfield. So he's going to have those sort of safety valves available to him as well. But I think the person that is going to stand out the most for Teddy Bridgewater is going to be rookie wide receiver out of UCF, Traquan Smith. Now, last week, Traquan saw his snaps drop drastically. 26 snaps played in that game. That's the third fewest snaps that he's played all season outside of week one when he had 11 snaps and week two when he had 25. Since week five, he has had no less than 40 snaps per game. So he saw his total drop a little bit last week, but this week he should see his opportunities come back, especially because it's doubtful that Michael Thomas will play the entire game. I expect Michael Thomas to get some snaps. He is only 24 yards away from being a 1,400-yard receiver on the year and setting the new Saints single-season franchise record for most receiving yards, which was previously held by Joe Horn at 1,399. Uh, so I expect to see him get some snaps, but there's a lot of opportunity that might come available to Traquan Smith during this game. Now, Stephon Diggs, again, was Teddy Bridgewater's number 
one option in Minnesota. So when you look at Teddy Bridge, I'm sorry, when you look at Stefan Diggs, who's six foot, 191 pounds, uh, ran a four, uh, four, four, at the combine with a 35 inch vertical leap. Traquan Smith is a little bit bigger, runs a little bit slower, but has a better, better leap. He's six foot two, 210 pounds, ran a four, four, nine, 40. So that's only, uh, just, I mean, that's a couple ticks. That's uh, barely even slower. Uh, and then has a 37 and a half inch vertical. So he's got all of the, all, all of the traits that he needs to have. I mean, we've seen the plays that he made at UCF. We've seen the big games that he's had, the 157 yard game against, uh, Philadelphia, the two touchdown game against, uh, the, uh, against Washington when Drew Brees set the all time receiving yards record. So he has everything that he needs. And I think that he's going to get some opportunities to play not opposite Michael Thomas, but play in Michael Thomas's spot once Michael Thomas goes and sits for the rest of the game, assuming that he does, which again, I don't think that the coaching staff is going to want to risk losing Michael Thomas before the playoffs, though he might see some snaps early in the game. I think that Traquan Smith has the potential here to really take over this game and, and, and create opportunities for himself and get himself started to be a breakout player throughout the playoffs. We've talked about playoff Josh Hill. We've talked about playoff Rondo. If you're a Pelicans fan from last season, I'm ready to see some playoff Traquan. That's what I'm ready to see. It was John Sigler over at Saints Wire that said that the apostrophe in Traquan stands for 37 yards per catch. And I think that that is absolutely right. Uh, and I think that he'll have the opportunity now to really sort of showcase his talent tomorrow against a fairly weak passing defense, which he's taken advantage of before. He took advantage of one in Washington or against Washington. He took advantage of one against Philly, and both of those games were at home. This game is at home. All of the opportunity is here for Traquan Smith, and he talked about in an interview uh, that was posted on The Advocate and shared this morning about how he believed that he should have been better this season. Now he has an opportunity for at least, or hopefully, four more games, this one plus the two playoff games plus the Super Bowl, to really sort of make his mark here in his rookie season and then make sure that he has a place with this team. I think that he will have a place with this team, but make sure that he establishes his place with this team going forward to next year. I don't think that the Saints are going going to move on from him by any means, but I definitely think that there's going to be some more competition with Des Bryant possibly returning to the Saints, with Cameron Meredith returning from injury, and with Ted Ginn Jr. returning from injury as he came back uh, just last week. So all of that is going to be, you know, is going to create a challenge for Traquan Smith to figure out where he fits in this offense, and he can make his statement right now by helping Teddy Bridgewater have a huge game tomorrow. I'm going for 300 passing yards and three touchdowns by Teddy Bridgewater. That's my one and only bold prediction this week. I've usually been pretty good with my bold predictions, so I'm not afraid to do this. So I'm going with Teddy Bridgewater here, 300 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, the last time that he did that, that he passed for 300 yards and had three touchdowns, by the way, was at the Russell Athletic Bowl. This goes all the way back to his college days in 2013. It was a 36-9 to win, Louisville over Miami, Florida, in which he threw for 447 yards and three touchdowns with no interceptions. An outstanding game by him and his team. That was his final game out of college, which raised his draft stock big time or helped raise his draft stock even more than he already was up there. But that was his final game in college. 36 to 9, the win over Miami, Florida. Again, 447 yards and three touchdowns. So I'm saying 300 yards and three touchdowns against the Carolina Panthers tomorrow. Book it. 
send it because I, I I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So uh, 100% very excited to see Teddy Bridgewater get some playing time in tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to watching him sort of set his market for the offseason, whether that means he's staying in New Orleans or going elsewhere. I just want the best for him. So be a lot of fun to watch and look out for Traquan Smith, who I'm expecting to be his partner in crime tomorrow as he goes off on the Carolina Panthers at home in front of New Orleans. And he's got to break out that Choppa style dance tomorrow after. After the first touchdown, the dome would go insane. All right, so stick around because coming up next, I'm going to give you all the ins and outs, who's going to be around, who's not going to be seen tomorrow, things like that. Just the last bits of information that you need to know before tomorrow's game. I'll also give you my scoring prediction and just a couple of final thoughts as well. Stick around. It's coming right up right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, welcome back, Houdat Nation. We're here at our final segment on today's Locked On Saints. Let's talk a little bit about who's in and who's out. So we know that Teddy Bridgewater is starting, which means Drew Brees should not be seeing any playing time for this game. We know also that Teron Armstead and Larry Warford are both out for this game. The Saints did sign Derek Newton back to the team, as well as Cornelius Lucas, oddly enough, who both have played the majority of their snaps at right tackle. So they might be you know, shifting over to other positions and things like that in order to help fill out the Saints offensive line should it be necessary but of course more than likely we're going to see Will Clapp see some more playing time and probably Cameron Tom as well uh, Derek Newton has played some other positions he also played some right guard so he could be the person that ends up plugging in for Larry Warford if necessary things like that so we'll see a lot of that sort of movement around on the offensive line more than likely we'll see Pete bounce out again to left tackle and then have Will Clapp plug in at left guard and then have uh, either Cameron Tom or possibly even Cornelius Lucas plug, I'm sorry, Derek Newton plug in at right guard uh, for Larry Warford. Now, if Derek Newton plays, this will be the first time that he's played in a while because he had a catastrophic pair of knee injuries a couple years back. I believe it was at the end of the two, I was in during the 2016 season, maybe the end of the 2015 season. Sorry, I can't remember, but we could be seeing a pair of comebacks to the NFL courtesy of the New Orleans Saints tomorrow, uh, which would be pretty dope to see. Uh, just exciting to see players like that come back after, you know, just with so much resilience and come back and do what they need to do to get back into the game. On the defensive side of the ball, we don't yet know who's going to be rested. I assume that Cameron Jordan won't get a ton of playing time. I assume that Demario Davis probably won't get a ton of playing time and that we'll see some shifting in the secondary. But for most, for the most part, we're probably going to see the majority of the Saints defense, again, with them only being able to carry 46 players into uh, the game. There's not going to be a lot of opportunity to, you know, sit every single start or anything like that, of course, uh, but it's going to be a little bit more akin to, let's say, maybe the final couple of preseason games where you see more starters and things like that, or rather, let me say probably like the third preseason game where you see some more starters and things like that. But that's definitely what we know so far. In order to make room for the signings of Derek Newton and Cornelius Lucas, the Saints had to let go of defensive back Josh Robinson and also defensive lineman Mitchell Laven. Mitchell Laven, of course, you remember as the guy that pulled a guy's car door off when his car flew off of a third yeah I think it was a four-story parking garage or something like that he has since been claimed by the Lions which of course is where Cornelius Lucas spent the majority of his career before coming over here to New Orleans so with those sort of sort of knowing like what's going to be moving around and things like that that we might not see a bunch of starters and stuff it would be reasonable to say that this is going to be a closer game than what the Saints have seen in you know quite a while I mean I mean I get it like this was you know just last week they had a three-point uh, victory over you know only three points in these last few weeks they've only been winning by single digits, but uh, with the exception of the Tampa Bay game. But 
I'm not looking at this as a close game. I'm sorry. I have absolutely no confidence in Kyle Allen in terms of being able to lead the 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 Panthers down the field with the even with the amount of weaponry they have. They couldn't do it with Cam Newton. They're not going to be able to do it with Kyle Allen. And I think again that Teddy Bridgewater, like I said, is going to go off. So we talked about the final score of the Russell Athletic Bowl, his last game in college, 36 to nine. I'm not going that far, but the spread for this game is a touchdown. So I am going to go more like 24 to 9, 24 to 10, somewhere around there. I think that the Saints are going to really just blow this spread open in this game, and they're going to make a statement before the final playoff, before the playoffs begin, and before the first bye week to let everybody know that they can win however they need to. That's something I'm going to be writing about soon. The Saints have pulled off so many different types of wins throughout this season that it deserves to be documented. So I'm going to be talking about all of the ways that the Saints have found a way to win this season, but for right now, let's just focus on tomorrow because I know that that's what these Saints players are worried about doing right now. Big time opportunity to set the franchise record for most wins in a season tomorrow without having to use up a lot of starters. It's a little, it's a game that is, you know, easier to grasp because of the situation that the Panthers are in. They have a weak passing defense. They have a weak rush. Well, they have a weak defense altogether that the Saints should be able to take advantage of even without their starting quarterback. And especially when your backup is somebody like Teddy Bridgewater, who has had success in the past and should see success again tomorrow. So going to be a big game. It's going to be a lot lot of fun to watch. Make sure y'all tune in and make sure you come back on Monday because we're going to be talking about hopefully this big win by the New Orleans Saints at home to close out the season. But for right now, I just want to say thank you so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson, and you can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the podcast. And please take some time to throw out one of those five-star reviews. Every little bit helps a lot. To find Locked on Saints, just tell Siri, Google, or Alexa to play podcast Locked on Saints. And be sure to subscribe so you know when the newest episodes drop every Monday through Friday. Thank you so much for all of the support and help me grow this family. I cannot do this without you. This has been Locked On Saints and trust who that nation, I'll holla at you. Hey everyone, Jake Madison here, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Basketball season is upon us and big things are in store for the Pelicans after making the playoffs last year. Keep up with everything going on around Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and the rest of the team with the daily Locked On Pelicans podcast, wherever you get your podcast from.